Hey honeys, this is your host Marissa. Welcome to the Honey Health and Wellness Podcast. Get ready to unlock your full potential as I dive into all things health, wellness, spirituality, and self-development. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I've got Shari Lyon on the other end of me. Shari is an award-winning certified hypnobirthing practitioner and a mother of two. Essentially, she works to spread the word about positive birthing and positive birthing experiences, which is amazing. Um, She's been teaching hypnobirthing classes for 10 years now, and you've been teaching it to couples all over the world, haven't you, via your online um, platform. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Yay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, I have been teaching this beautiful program um, yeah, for over 10 years now. And yeah, my journey to becoming a practitioner started through my own pregnancy. So it's it was definitely a life-changing experience for me um, doing the Hypnobirthing Australia course. And I, that's why I just felt called to want to share this because it helped me overcome some huge fears of birth. And I was able to go on and have two amazing births which I would do again in a heartbeat um yeah I suppose you don't hear many people say that about birth um but I love no. my births yeah yeah wow I, I love to hear that as well because I think there is so much trauma so much fear around um giving birth and you know you discuss this a lot um through your social media page but there are a lot of um you know do this don't do that and this is how it should be done and don't do it like that and I really wanted to have you on because you talk about intuitive birthing and doing what is right for each individual Um, and I think that's so powerful and I think I really am curious about how much of um, I think so much of that intuitive part has been taken out of birthing and it's become this kind of mechanical process where the mother doesn't have a lot of autonomy and um, yeah or I don't have kids myself but I've always thought like you know if I choose to you know do so I I would like to have like a positive birthing experience and I think um yeah so many women are hungry for this information there's not too much of it out there so um yeah I guess we could jump right into it like explaining like what is hypnobirthing so um yeah what are the techniques utilized with hypnobirthing yeah, so I think I just want to clear up right from the start that the whole hypno part of hypnobirthing is not some like hippie woo-woo way of birthing. I think there's a lot of yeah. misunderstanding of what hypnosis is, once again, because of what people see maybe with shows that they go to or TV shows that they think that hypnosis is where someone else has the ability to control your mind in a situation. And it's just not the case. Um, those show hypnotherapy, you know, the, the hypnotists, are very skilled in being able to, I guess, try and make people believe that they're going to do something that they wouldn't normally do. But when it comes to the hypno part of hypnobirthing, it's really uh, a program that teaches parents, so the the birthing mother or birthing person and the and whoever their partner is, um, how to really have a positive experience. And it's about teaching them tools and techniques that they can focus on through their labor and birth. So it's breath work, it's movement, affirmations, visualization, relaxation techniques. Um, I get the birth partners very hands-on and really helping them to feel empowered to understand the physiology and what's going on with the birthing mother or the birthing person and helping them to understand the different 
stages of the labor and teaching them techniques like massage and acupressure points and um, pelvic squeeze to help relieve pain, um, but also helping them to feel empowered through the education to ask questions um, because I think in our birth culture, especially here in Australia and in Western birth culture, we do not see birth as a natural physiological function of the body. And as you said, and you were so right, the uh, intuitive, instinctual, mammalian part of us has kind of been uh, suppressed in a way because of the big neocortex, the thinking, rational, analytical part of the brain that we now have, that it has become more of a medicalized event rather than Mm. a physiological. So birth is, you know, pregnancy and birth is a natural physiological function of the human body for us Mm -hmm. as females. So, but we treat birth in Australia as pathology. So pathology is where something's not right in the body, something's going wrong. And that's how we treat and how we see and how we perceive birth in our in our culture, um, through mm. the movies that we watch, through even, you know, the stories that we hear are from others who maybe didn't have the education to understand their options and maybe did have a traumatic experience where they felt like things were just being done to them. Um, Mm. And so my aim as a hypnobirthing Australia practitioner is not to tell any woman or birthing person or uh, birth partner that there's just one way to birth your baby because Mm. there's not. It's, It's helping them to understand all of the options that are available, understand the physiology, understand if complications, you know, complications can arise and that's where medical intervention does save lives, but Mm. ultimately helping them to not necessarily create a birth plan, but I like to help them create a birth map. And I've actually Mm -hmm. uh, kind of taken that concept. I want to credit uh, Catherine Bell there for for the term birth mapping because I did a workshop of hers and I just love, I love that perspective of it rather than saying, well, here, we're just putting one plan together. This is what we want. But then if that doesn't happen, then that's when women can come out feeling disempowered, traumatized, like they failed and they'll really beat themselves up up about it and even coming out traumatized. So we can think of it of a way as a map. It's kind of understanding that there are many journeys that we can take to bringing our babies into the world, and some of that involves intervention, or may where a woman may choose that intervention for comfort, yeah. um, or it may even be through cesarean birth. It doesn't mm. matter as long as they have been educated, have known all of the options, that they have felt empowered that it's been their decision, and that they feel like they're the driver of the experience, not a passenger. Um, yeah. So I think really a lot of, and I think that's kind of where we have, as as women, been made to feel that no, we're we're the passenger in this experience, and mm. we do as we're told yeah. by the system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's such an interesting, um, you know, topic for me because you know there are a lot of um, really strong opinions surrounding birth, even from people who men in particular who will never give birth because they're not genetically made up to do so Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because you talk about maybe wanting to take a bit more of a natural approach or I remember having a conversation um about you know when women are lying down 
in bed and they're pushing as opposed to if you were like standing up in like maybe more of a squat position and pushing that way. And again, I, I don't know, but I just was talking about how logically, you know, that makes a lot more sense to me to like change the positioning of how you're pushing. And even like that, um, you know, sentiment like that I was putting forward in the conversation, like people get really argumentative about, you know, the way that that birthing can be done it's so it's super interesting um mm. everyone has an opinion that's yeah and I'd, I'd i'd then question them and say well would you yeah. do laying down like yeah, but that's what <laughs> i was saying i was like hang on but but let's talk about gravity i'm like it actually makes sense if you're maybe more upright and you're and the baby's coming out that way but it's something that um i guess and i i don't know like i think it has something to do also with the way that bit of a you know veer off topic here but the way women's bodies have been absolutely like sexualized so it's really hard for people to view women in this primal way and this like that you know this is like a primal experience if they're giving birth to something but people want to kind of you know wrap it up and put it in a little thing and be like no she you know that's how it's going to be done and mm-hmm. um yeah there are so many layers that that go into birthing so yeah, yeah interesting um, but I, I, I loved how you spoke about getting um, the men involved in the birthing process because I think um, I have spoken to a couple of um, dads that are like brand new to um, being a father and a lot of them feel so, so disconnected. I mean, obviously because they didn't carry the baby in their womb for um, however many months, but you know, and then there are so many other changes that they may be, if they're not in the loop, it just adds to that disconnection. So. Um, I think I, I love that that you do that. So that's amazing. Mm. Um, I guess what what are some techniques that you offer? Is it like you said, it's a bit of a map, so it's different for everybody. Um, but can you um, just like for a bit of an idea? So um, you know, you've got breathing techniques, and you know, maybe different music and stuff like that. But yeah, what's like a rough kind of map that you you offer your patients? Yeah, well, look, it's the techniques that I teach are adaptable for any situation in birth, but ultimately they're techniques to help the mother focus and stay calm. So breath work is a huge part of it. And I think this is understanding as well, just as much as birth as in is instinctual for us as mammals, like we are mammals, you know, we Mm. are, and, and we kind of need to strip everything back and realize that. Um, and the hormones that need to come into play for us to birth our baby, we need to be able to create an environment where we feel safe enough to. So yeah. there's a big part that I teach in regards to both the mother and birth partner in helping to understand how to create that environment. So yes, you know, music, gentle music or do you know what it's not even hypnobirthing is not even about having a silent meditative birth whatsoever I say to my moms if you want to have a joyful experience and you want to dance through your labor do it listen to music it's going to make you feel good um Mm. so yes environment so we talk about how they can create that environment dim lighting, you know, fairy lights, uh scent so bringing maybe some aromatherapy in because Environment plays such an important role, but here we are birthing in environments that we're not familiar with, in a hospital Mm. setting with bright lights, beeping machines, people walking up and down the hallway. We can hear other women birthing in other rooms. And so that is all like our senses are very stimulated in pregnancy and in birth. And so Mm. 
being able to try as much as possible to bring and create an environment that is familiar to us in an unfamiliar environment, it, it can be done, but it's through these little touches of, you know, pushing the bed out of the way and, and using the shower or the bath or, yeah, soft lighting. So, and then there's hands-on techniques that I teach. So, for the dads and the birth partners, I teach them um, techniques that help the mother release beautiful hormones. So mm-hmm. pain relieving hormone that we're designed to release called endorphins. So it's like the pleasure hormone. Um, and so I teach them beautiful massage, touch techniques, acupressure points um, as well. So these points can help stimulate hormonal release um, as well as pain, uh, relieve pain, counter pressure um, mm-hmm. around the, the sacrum and the hips and things like that, because there's a lot of pressure obviously happening as the baby's entering into the pelvis. Um, yep. But also I teach them about pelvic mobility and making space. So, yeah. you know, you said that, yeah, look, we are not designed to birth on our back. Like again, yeah. would you put a mother cat while she's birthing on her back? No. So whack. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. But that's what we see of birth, right? And we need to understand yeah. that we as humans, we are conditioned by our environment. So our beliefs and our perceptions and um, uh, y- how we feel about things have been instilled in us since the time we were children. So if yeah. all we are seeing is women in on these TV shows and movies birthing on their back, then mm. that's the perception of what we believe will happen to us. You know, if yeah. we see that birth is medicalized and and it looks painful and that uh, things go wrong all the time and that doctors mm. deliver babies, you know, it's nothing yeah. to do with a woman. It's the doctor that delivers the baby. Um, yeah. and that's our belief and perception because that's, that's all we see and hear of birth in now Western culture. And especially here in Australia, like we've got to understand that like we here in Australia, we have the highest intervention and cesarean rates in the world. Um, wow. Yeah. We've, you, you wouldn't think that, right? Cause we're, we're yeah. meant to believe that we, yes, we have the top medical care, but uh, we are sitting at a 37% cesarean rate here in Australia at the moment. And the World Health wow. Organization guidelines state we should be under 15. So we are over, wow. yeah, over double. And around 45% of first time mothers are having their labor induced. So induction of labor is where your medical caregiver will start the labor for you or it's either a cesarean. And 75% of women in Australia will have medical pain relief. So that's um, morphine, pethidine or epidural. So it doesn't leave much statistic left for those having a spontaneous, natural, physiological experience. Um, And so like you said, when you have conversations with people and you might say, you know, I really want to have a, a natural birth, you're mm. looked at as crazy because that's not yeah. normal in our culture. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, if you were absolutely. to say, oh, I'm, I'm booking in for a cesarean, they'd be okay. Like that, they wouldn't question yeah. that, you know. Yeah, it, that's such an interesting point. I actually was speaking with um, uh, a, a, a woman who was about to give birth and we started talking about, you know, how she's going to birth the baby, whatever. And she was saying, she was like, yeah, I'm just going to do a cesarean. Like, and it wasn't like, I, I knew her well enough to know like what was going on. And she didn't like need a cesarean. It was like a choice mm-hmm. to have that. And, you know, I'm not coming at it from a point of judgment, more so from a point of like, 
wow, like the disconnection that we have as a as a society to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna get it cut out of me. I want it to be easy, and it's like, you know, again, not to sound too woo woo, but there is there is some purpose behind that pain that is felt during um birth like you know Mm -hmm. birth is innately meant to be painful like that is like the polarity of life like you get that pain and then you get that extreme joy and I think birth is such a um like a beautiful like depiction of how life is like it's like super painful and then you get this Mm -hmm. bundle of just love at the end yeah yeah but like do you know what though like it's it's a it's a powerful pain though and this is where yeah. the perception again it's all about perception and how we perceive things so mm. um yes it is intense what's happening with the muscles for you to bring your baby into the world is an intense experience and there's a transformation happening and mm. giving birth is one of the most transformational experiences you will ever have in your life as a woman you know yeah. it, and transformation is not easy. And so mm. it pushes us to limits that we've never experienced before, or we don't experience those sensations on a daily basis. So mm. it's understanding the the importance of the preparation to understand it, understanding your body, then working with your body. And that's another technique that I'm I'm big on teaching my parents is let's understand how your body works and then I can show you how to work with your body and with your baby because Mm. the physiology is that, yeah, this baby has to make their way through the pelvis and the the baby has to work with you and it's through movement and positioning that help to open up the pelvis that that then it can happen. And I teach my my parents as well a lot of, of understanding the signs of going, okay, something's either not right here or I'm feeling this intense pain or sensation in my back. Okay, yeah. this may mean the baby's gone back to back. So what can I do? Let's move. Let's make space. Um, yeah. But instead of in our system, that we're in the system we're birthing in, instead of really observing and watching and listening to the woman and, and what she's expressing and feeling and what this baby is doing, it's like, okay, this isn't working, so we'll just give you an epidural and then we'll pull this baby out for you using forceps or or ventus, you know. So it's like they're not really fixing the problem. The problem could have just been, well, let's just flip her over and get her forward leaning or let's get her kind of moving and that alone could have made the space for the baby. But like you said with with, um, the person you were talking with before, I think it has become a big convenience to to yeah. us in, in in our culture too, we can get what we want when we want when we want it, right? Yeah, and they've now made that very accessible to birth. Yeah, we can book you in. You can have this date. And look, I'm not yeah. taking away from because I even have a course specifically for cesarean birth. Yeah, um, and so I'm very supportive of all births, but um, induction and epidurals and cesarean have been very glamorized. You know, oh, we can book you in. We can get this. You know, you can choose yeah. the date. It's all locked in, and but it's not ever really explained the knock-on effects from those uh, intense um, and potentially even dangerous at times 
interventions. Yeah. You know, cesarean yeah. is not the easy way out whatsoever. It is major yeah. abdominal surgery with six weeks of recovery and there are potential side effects from the spinal or epidural that they give you to numb you. And it can have knock-on effects to the hormones that instinctually we're designed to have there to bond with our baby. And But none of this is ever explained to women. And yeah. it has become a big convenience. And I think also because of the fear, right? And this is where all I want for women, I'm like, if you have all the education and you, with that knowledge, then that's you making an informed decision to still have that cesarean, then that, Go for it. Yeah. You know, that you understand the benefits, the risks and any alternatives. Yeah. But it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. No, it's not happening. That's why, yeah, when I saw your work, I was like, oh my God, okay, we've got, we've got, you know, this information being laid out here. And I thought, wow, this is so amazing because, you know, it is a very masculine way of looking at um, birth. And it's just so, um, it's so, it, yeah, it, it, it's really quite shocking. Like, I feel like you think, you know, in this day and age, like, uh, we would have maybe progressed a little bit further from there, but we're still looking at, you know, the woman and the birthing experience through this like patriarchal lens. And um, mm-hmm. I think your work is so important because we're empower- you're empowering women and you're telling them like, here are all your options. This is what you need to know. And, you know, you're going to become a mother and it's your choice how, you know, your baby is is birthed into this world because, like you said, with all these interventions, there are so many knock-on effects not only to the mother but also to the baby, like, you know, and I think that's a whole other thing where people are like, oh, the baby doesn't know what's going on. It's like, no, the baby knows what's going on while it's in the womb. Like the baby, you know, is going through the stresses your the mother's going through um, and then that continues as they um, come into the world. So, absolutely, yeah, um, I loved what you touch on about understanding the physiology um, because, you have an Instagram post about explaining what the uterus is. And I was like almost a little bit like ashamed because I was like, I don't think I really understand what the uterus is either. I'm like, I should know this. So can you tell us like really briefly in a bit of a snapshot, like what is the uterus? Like what's going on? Don't don't worry, Marissa. I was exactly (laughs) the same when, you know, 12 years ago when I did my hypnobirthing course, and my practitioner asked me the same question. I felt really like I should know this, but mm. I had like no idea of mm. my anatomy and my body. And so you're not the only one. And like I said, I've taught thousands of parents and they all sit there with this look on their face like and looking at, it, at each other going, oh, we, I should know this. Mm. So, yeah, the uterus, like it is. It's an like you've got to think about this. Like the uterus starts off being the size of an avocado and stretches as your baby grows to the size of a watermelon. Like it's pretty amazing to think what this organ does. And mm-hmm. it's made up of layers of muscles. And just like any other muscle group in our body, there's a purpose be- behind these layers of muscles that the purpose is to bring your baby into the world. And so Mm. these muscles work together to draw the cervix up. So just a a little bit of um, understanding, like I think we talk about the cervix and the uterus being separate, but they're one. So the cervix is like the neck of the uterus. So it's like the Mm -hmm. uterus looks like a 
if you, if you think about like a, a balloon, right? And you, when you go to blow the balloon up, there's this, there's this bit at the bottom that's like a, looks like a neck, right? Before the, yeah. the, the actual balloon part starts. So, <laughs> and just like blowing up a balloon, it gets bigger, but then that little bit down the bottom, which you then tie up, that's still there. So that's kind of, uh, it's hard for me, like normally, like I'm a very visual teacher, so yeah. I know like we're on camera, but your listeners can't. He's, I have like props of uteruses and everything that I show my client. Um, and so the aim of the uh, what a contraction is, a uterine contraction, when you think of a contraction, you think of something kind of squeezing in and then releasing. But the aim of, of a uterine contraction with the layers of muscles that we have is actually the outside layer of muscles are designed to draw up the inner circular layer and the circular mm-hmm. layer come down to form your cervix. So if you you think of your cervix as like layers of circular muscles and if you were to look up the vagina at the cervix, it looks like a donut, so a little hole mm-hmm. in the middle. And that cervix has to, is on average around about three to three and a half centimetres in thickness during pregnancy and then towards the end of pregnancy when labour starts, that cervix has to go from three and a half centimetres in thickness, it has to thin out first before it dilates. So, but all we hear is how dilated we are because we have these vaginal examinations where caregivers will stick their fingers up into the cervix to measure how far apart the cervix has been pulled back, but they don't take into consideration. Well, a good medical caregivers do explain it, but all mm-hmm. we hear is dilation that we have. We know there's this m- marker of 10 centimeters, right? We hear this, and but the cervix has to thin out fully before it starts being pulled back and right. it gets pulled over the baby's head, kind of like if you were to, if you were to, to grab like a sock. And pull it over a baby's head, like it. Yeah, it's pulled over. It's so hard for me. I'm such a visual teacher, so it's really- yeah. No, I'm following. I am following. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has to thin out and and pull open. And for a first time mother, your cervix has never done this before, right? Mm. So it may take a little bit of time in the early stages of the labour to thin that cervix out. And it could take, you know, it it can happen over days as well, but that's not established labour. So your contractions are maybe coming every 20 minutes and quite manageable. And that's the point of that early labour phase for many first-time mums is to thin the cervix out. But yet we then go into the hospital and we have these vaginal examinations and then they say, oh, you're only two centimetres. Right. Your body's not been doing anything. It's like, yeah, you've got a long way to go. And so yeah. a lot of women then become disheartened and think, I can't do this any longer. Like, and again, that's where interventions happen. So yeah, yeah. the uterus is just, it's pretty amazing. And then after the baby's born, the uterus actually continues to contract after the baby's mm. born. Um, wow. The, the placenta and then over the, the, first week, 10 days, every time you feed and stimulate all of those hormones again, the oxytocin, it continues to contract and it contracts back down to being the size of an avocado again. Truly amazing. Like honestly, what the body goes through, it's seriously, uh, it's amazing. Like I always am so fascinated if I see you know, someone I know pregnant and then they give birth and then I see them after birth. I'm like, oh, you don't have that bump anymore. Like it's just like 
you just see this whole transformation of the body and it's just so um, beautiful and amazing. So that's a really good explanation um, of the uterus. I definitely followed um, that. But, yeah, there's obviously so much that goes into it, like so much that we need to you need, people need to learn about um, their bodies, like you mentioned. Um, are there known, like, um, like known specifically known issues that come about when people use epidurals or do we just know it kind of uh, adds to the trauma I guess I don't know you know that I'm again I'm not anti-epidural I'm pro, yeah. pro-choice um, yeah it's understanding what's actually happening with the epidural so with an yeah. epidural the anaesthetist will feed a very fine tube into the epidural part of the spine okay and then they yeah. they uh, administer basically like a drug to to numb you from your, the top of your belly down so you can't actually feel your legs or walk. Some women say that they can still feel pressure and things like that, but it, it, it it's not that you can be up and mobile. So, yes, it will take away your wow. pain. Um, but, the, yes, there are side effects. So the, the hormones that we're designed to release um, that start labour and help with labor are hormones like oxytocin and endorphins. And those hormones are there specifically to create the contractions, the uterine contractions, um, and also to help bring us into a sense of calm connection. Those hormones actually help us go into an altered state during labor. Now, yeah. if you start the labor off naturally, so your your labor has started naturally there, and then you have an epidural, those that drug actually inhibits and stops our hormonal system. So it can actually wow. stall the labor. And so therefore the contractions may stop. It does, it, every woman is different how they react though. So it does depend on what time of the, you know, when you got the epidural, you know, sometimes right at the end, it won't affect it because the body's like almost there. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're having, if if you're someone that's just going, no, nah, as soon as labor starts, I'm just going and I'm get, getting the epidural. Well, there's a big chance that the labor will stall. Okay. So then mm-hmm. they need a fake hormone. So another drug or a synthetic hormone that they've been able to scientifically create to then start the labor back up again that then has its whole own set of risks that that wow well and that's the drug that they use to induce labor okay it's called syntocinin here in australia so okay yes it can take away pain but yes, it can it, it can stall the labor, and sometimes it it doesn't work. It sometimes mm. it may only numb half of the body. Sometimes I've had women where it's only numbed their legs, so they can't move, oh. but yet they can still oh feel God. everything. That um, is how. Yeah, and then I've yeah. had where it's numbed them right up to their face, and there is huge risks with that. It can cause cardiac arrest. Um, obviously please, I just want to make a note that nothing I'm sharing in this episode is to be seen as medical advice. I I would really encourage if you have questions about epidurals, always go and talk to an anaesthetist or your medical caregiver. Um, but then there are potential side effects, um, of the epidural as well. After the birth, there are risks of what's called a dural tap. So when they puncture the, the spinal cord to insert the um, the tube, when they pull that out, there's a little hole there. So that means that uh, spinal fluid can leak and that can cause severe migraines, like severe migraines, throwing up sickness for days or weeks after the birth as well. 
Um, and a lot of women do report for months, sometimes years after having an epidural, a lot of back pain in that area um, as well. So, and the other thing too is because that epidural can inhibit those hormonal releases, it can then yeah. affect your milk coming in because it's like the body's been, uh, it's kind of, it's created a hormonal gap, right? So it takes yeah. the body a little bit to kind of process that drug and move it out of the system and then the hormones can come in for breastfeeding. Um, and it can also have side effects on your baby as well. So yeah. you know, the baby may be more drowsy, um, less able to kind of latch because the drug can make them drowsy. And this also can be a side effect of morphine pethidine as well. Wow, that's very interesting. I honestly didn't know that. That's um quite significant, isn't it? Well, yeah. The look, it's not impact. to say this happens to every woman. Um, yes. you know, some women have, you know, the epidural and it's a great experience for them and and that's all I want is like as long mm. as you okay, and this is where making decisions uh, it's important to make informed decisions and mm. This is why what I teach in my classes is helping parents to understand all of the questions that they can ask if interventions are suggested or if they're considering a some kind of intervention as a part of their birth map. Because um, mm. I still have many hypnobirthing mums that um, want to consider an epidural um, mm. because that's if they feel that that's going to help them have the positive experience, then Ultimately, that's the destination I all want them to get to. But then I then even yeah. show them through the class how that they can create pelvic mobility and space even with an epidural through side-lying mm. positions, how to push side-lying rather than flat on the back, um, still mm -hmm. using their breath. The partners can still use techniques. Um, so, again, it's just then trying to understand, okay, if we decide to have this intervention, we understand the risks and we take responsibility for the decisions we're making with those risks, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, but then they, they, I help them understand, well, how can we work with this and, and then potentially avoid other interventions because epidurals do also increase the, the rates of episiotomies where the medical caregiver will cut your perineum and also Ooh. increases the rates of forceps and ventus. And forceps then increase the risks of um, pelvic floor injuries, uh, for yep. third and fourth degree tears. So yeah. can you see how like when I talk about mapping, it's understanding and going, okay, if we take this journey and we have mm. the epidural, we need to understand that that then could lead to us having, uh, you know, forceps, ventus, and then also yeah. it has a higher rate of ending up in a cesarean as well, having an epidural too. Yeah. And maybe can you tell people how they can work with you, where they can find you, um, yeah, and for people like looking into taking this journey um, to hypnobirthing, um, what's the next steps they should take? Yeah, so it, it, the program that I offer is the Hypnobirthing Australia program. So um, there are a number of different hypnobirthing and childbirth education programs around Australia, um, but the program that I teach is very focused on helping you to prepare for all births. Um, and it's a 12-hour program that we, I either split up over like two weekends or over four sessions. Um, I offer face-to-face -face classes on the Gold Coast, uh, also take private clients on the Gold Coast face-to-face, -face, but I also offer the full course online through Zoom. Um, I 
basically teach monthly uh, classes on Zoom and have taught couples from all around Australia and the world through Zoom um, since COVID happened. Um, And yeah, I also teach privately on Zoom as well. So it's, this is primarily what I do. um, And it's something that I just, I love and I'm so passionate about. And if if you also want to learn more, I I have my own podcast where I share heaps of free content there of birth preparation questions to ask. I have a lot of different you know professionals that come on and we you know to talk about birth. So look, even if you can't attend an actual class itself, there's so much information out there to help you prepare for your birth, and I think it is just so important for you to understand that you have options uh, because if you don't, if you don't know your options, you won't have any. And just understanding, you know, we are a culture that births in a system. And, yes, we have a great medical, you know, we do have really high, um, highly skilled medical professionals that can help us if something were to happen. But we need to understand that that system wants to work effectively and if you are just going to these antenatal appointments, they will dictate to you, okay, we'll see you here, we'll see you here. If you've not had your baby by a certain date, they'll want to get that baby out. Yeah. And so if if you don't speak up and advocate for yourself, then you will get put on that conveyor belt and ticked through the system. And that is why we have such a high rate of interventions in this country because they're just managing. They're managing the women and it's on their timeline and on their circumstances. And I want you to know that, it doesn't have to be like that. Choosing a caregiver that's going to support you is probably one of the biggest decisions you're going to make. So before you make that decision, have a think about what kind of birth that you want and how you want to approach this and go and interview some caregivers and ask them really like great questions to help you understand, well, where are they at? Because if you're choosing an obstetrician that has a 70% cesarean rate, then chances are that obstetrician will want to guide you into that because yeah. that's that's how they run their business. Yeah. So do your research, um, ask questions. Um, I even have free resources as well. I've got a, a free questions to ask caregivers PDF um, and that comes with some free uh, hypnobirthing MP3 tracks as well. So even oh, that, you can everyone listening. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I find that on my website and I've even got a free webinar that you can sign up to to sit down with your partner and just understand. And I talk about, you know, the birth mapping and understanding the journeys just to ultimately help you ask questions because the quality of the questions you ask will determine the quality of the answers you get. Yeah. And absolutely. if you're not asking questions, then they will be taking the keys off you and they become the driver of your experience. So, so powerful. I really um, think that the work you do and the message that, you, um, that you're sharing with, with women in particular and parents in general is just great. It's so empowering, I think, especially as a woman and like the thought of birth and like all the fears around, surrounding birth. Um, yeah, I think you you have so much um amazing information um that is available to people and um i will pop everything below for anyone who is interested in getting in touch with shari and um yeah i love it i love that i love i love the work you do i think it's awesome so thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it thank you for giving me the platform to share i appreciate it sure